Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. It's a good day. I said, it's a good day. And the Lord shall be praised. Amen. Those of you watching by video, uh, whatever, <laughs> television, all those social medias, it's better to be here. <laughs> but anyway, we welcome you, praise God. Thank you for coming. And thank you for watching. Praise God. I will not fear. Now, Cassie, that is a brand new song you just wrote, right? Can you put the words to it up on the screen there? I want us to not sing it this time, but just decree it out loud. In fact, I think everybody ought to have a copy of it and take it home with you. Or ask for them to print it and pick it up next Sunday. Is it up there? The words to it? The song right before we sang that last one. It's a new song, Abundant Overflow. That's our theme. Abundant Overflow. All right, say it out loud with me. You're pouring it out. You're pouring your blessing out on us. Faithful and true, that's who you are. Your endless supply is running over. Your kingdom and promises unshakable. Faithful and true, that's who you are. Everywhere I look, you are blessing. I can't contain all the goodness that you pour out. Every part of my life is overflowing. It's overflowing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. It sounded better when you were singing it. <laughs> All right. You believe that? Praise God. You receive that. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, I receive that. All right. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. <clears throat> Mark chapter 4. Very familiar parable. Brother Copeland used to say, this is the granddaddy of all parables. Now, I want to make this statement before we begin reading it. Hearing God's Word isn't the same as holding fast to God's Word. Hearing God's Word isn't the same as holding fast to God's Word. Obviously, you must hear it. But then... You and I are required to hold fast to it. Don't let go of it. Now, that's basically what this parable is all about. Let's begin reading it in verse 14. The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard his word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, 
when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown <clears throat> among thorns, such as hear the word. Now notice, in every case, they heard the word. Did you notice this? They heard the word. These are not people that are without knowledge of what the word says. They heard the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good, good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now I want to say it again. Hearing God's word isn't the same as holding fast to God's word. This parable of the sower sows the word, as we just read, Jesus is describing four different kinds of soil. And you could say four different kinds of people. The soil represents our hearts. There are four different kinds of people in this parable. And notice he described people who had heard the word, but when trouble came, they let go of it. And as a result, they were unfruitful. Now, the word unfruitful simply means it didn't produce God's desired results. It didn't produce God's desired results. God says, the word that comes out of my mouth, it will prosper in the thing wherein to have sent it. Uh, I believe it's the message translation says that every word that comes out of mouth of God has an assignment. And that assignment is to bring it to pass in your life. So when the word is unfruitful, that means you're not experiencing what God desired for you to experience. So obviously, if you want God's best, and we're talking about abundant overflow, then you've got to hold fast to it. You can't just hear it, walk out of the building, go turn on CNN, and they say something else, and you believe what they say more than what you just heard in church, and expect abundant overflow. It's just not going to happen. Amen. I've been living this way now for over 50 years. And trust me, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not a novice. Amen. So it's important that you keep your eyes focused on the Word and that you keep your ears tuned to the Word. Can you say amen? amen. They didn't hold fast to it is the bottom line. They heard it, but they didn't hold fast to it. And if you read this parable again, and I encourage you to read it quite often, you'll find out that one of the main reasons why they were so quick to let go of the Word was distractions. Distractions. The King James refers to it as the cares of this world. The Amplified says the distractions of the ages. Now, the word distraction is defined as a multiplicity of objects crowding the mind. A multiplicity of objects crowding the mind. In other words, you can hear the word and have it on your mind. If you start listening to things that are contrary to the word, it's going to crowd your mind. 
And as the King James says, it's going to choke the word. Amen. It's going to choke the word. You know, you've heard me say this before. And uh, I'll just use it as an example again. Carolyn loves fooling around in flower beds. I don't like it. (laughs) That means there's absolutely nothing else to do. But I can find something else to do. And sometimes she wants me to come out there and take a little shovel about this big. She's got a little, she's got a little can with all these little miniature tools. Dig it around in there getting the weeds out. I don't want to play. I'd rather ride a motorcycle. Amen. She could spend hours doing that. And when I come back from my motorcycle ride, she's still doing it. What is she doing? She's, she's preventing the weeds from choking out the seeds that she desires to spring up. And if you don't get the weeds out, then they're going to overtake what you really wanted to grow in that flower bed. Amen. Now, weeds are like distractions. Your mind can become so crowded with distractions. And boy, if that is not true about today, I don't know when it was ever true. Because there are a lot of distractions today. In fact, it just gets to the point where you don't want to hear anymore. You know, I'll be glad, praise God, when somebody is president and we get past all this. I'm so tired of hearing all this junk. Amen. And I don't want to watch it. Now I'll pray. You know, Lord, the best I can do in this situation is, Lord, have your will. Amen. Lord, have your will. Your will be done. Amen. But I don't want to hear all that junk anymore. Dear Lord. I'm thinking about throwing my phone away and getting a new one. (laughs) And don't have anybody, I don't want to give anybody my number. Especially all this social media stuff. I didn't subscribe. Quit sending it to me. <laughs> Anybody feel the same way? I don't know. I wake up in the morning and I look 47 new emails. And only one of them is important. The rest is junk. How many of you on your phone it has a place for junk? I just finally had to erase all my junk. It took all day. Because I just... I just kept filing it in junk, put it in junk, put it in junk. And finally, I decided, I don't know how much junk this phone can hold, so I better clear it out. Amen. I'm not real, you know, savvy with all this equipment and everything, but I do know I don't want to hear most of it. Because I don't want distractions. I want to focus on what God is promising. And God is saying, That is his best for you and I to experience in 2021, abundant overflow. Now, if I didn't hear the word of God, I wouldn't be talking about it. I wouldn't declare it. Amen. But I know that I know I heard from God. And I'm holding fast to it, praise God. Regardless of what anybody else does, I'm going to have abundant overflow. And it's already begun. And praise God, it's going to continue because I'm going to do 
what the Bible says I need to do in order for it to just keep on continuing. Can you say amen? So this describes a majority of people in church today that hear the word, but don't hold fast to it. They allow Satan to steal it through distractions. This is a picture of a life or lives that is so cluttered with distractions, especially what they're hearing from the media, that the word begins to have very little place in their hearts. And eventually Satan is successful in stealing the word, and the result will be they'll be unfruitful. Now, one dictionary defines the word unfruitful as not conducive to abundant production. I like to say it this way, not conducive to receiving abundant overflow. If your mind is so cluttered with distractions that it's not conducive to receiving the prophetic promise, abundant overflow in this case. The message translation says, they hear God's word, talking about the people that hear, uh, that are described in verse 20. They hear God's word and embrace it. They hear it and embrace it. Embrace implies to take it in and to protect it. To take it in and to protect it. Anything that you value, you're going to protect. Amen? So it could be that some Christians don't value what God is saying. They just, they just, you know, treat it in a religious manner. But I value the Word of God. It's the most important thing in my life. It's, it's what got me from nothing to something. <laughs> it's what healed my body. It's what paid off my debts. It's what put me in abundant increase and overflow, praise God. I value the Word of God. I always, since the day I surrendered my life in 1969, February the 11th, I placed a high premium on what God says, and I still do to this day. Amen. So if you value the Word, then you're going to embrace it. You're going to protect it. Amen. It also implies to fix your minds on it and refuse to let it go. In other words, stay focused on what God is saying. And then Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that not only are we to hold fast to God's word, but it also says this, verse 23, hold fast the profession of our faith. Hold fast the profession of our faith. The 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary defines the word profession as an open declaration of one's belief. Hold fast the profession of your faith, the open declaration of what you believe. And there are some other translations that use the word confession instead of profession. So hold fast to your confession. Hold fast to your confession. In other words, you ought to be speaking the word and not what everybody else thinks. Speaking, confessing the word. And then the Bible says, hold fast to it. It's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians 
He said, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the principle is this. If you truly believe it, you're going to speak it. And if you're going to speak it, then hold fast to it. Amen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now you need to get abundant overflow in your heart. Not just the mind, but in your heart. Amen. And he says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Don't be afraid to speak what God says. Amen. Now there's some people, you know, some environments that you best just keep it to yourself so that you won't pull their unbelief out of them. Amen. Because there's just some people you just can't, you just can't decree what you're believing for in their presence because they're doubters and, and they won't agree with you. In fact, they'll try to talk you out of it. Amen. They'll, they're, they, they're the kind of people who always come up with somebody they knew who tried that and it didn't work. Well, I'm not trying it. I'm doing it and it is working. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you believe it, then you're going to speak it. And if you're going to speak it, then why don't you just go ahead and hold fast to it, regardless of what anybody else says about it, regardless of what the media says about it, regardless of what religious people say about it. You know, uh, over my experience of over 50 years in the ministry, I've had more problems with Christians than I've had with the world. Amen. It's very seldom that, you know, very seldom. That some worldly person says, we, don't, we just don't believe that, Brother Jerry. <laughs> but Christians are very quick to tell you they don't believe it. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't line up with what we were taught. Well, it could be that some people were taught wrong. Amen. Moving right along here now. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid to speak what you believe. Now, it's best to speak it in an environment where there's like precious faith. You know, I, I'm never, I, I never hold back from speaking what I believe around Brother Copeland. Because I know he's not going to ever say, no, Jerry, bless your heart. You know, you've come a long way, son, but, but you, you know, you're in error now. No, he's not going to say that. I speak the word. I speak what I believe God is saying and what God is promising, and I'll get out of him. Amen. I believe it, brother. Hang on to it. Amen. Now, James tells us about the dangers of becoming double-minded. James chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, he says, a double-minded man. In other words, this is a man that says something one day. And then the next day, he might be talking another way. One day, he's talking the word, you know, while he's in church. But when he gets out in the car, he starts talking another way. Or when he gets home, he starts talking another way. It's the kind of person that says, after he hears a great message on healing, 
Praise God. God wants me well. God wants me healed. God wants me to live in abundant health, in, in divine health. And then he goes home. He gets all the symptoms of the coronavirus. Well, I guess it wasn't the will of God. If it was the will of God, I wouldn't be sick. No, Satan's coming immediately to steal the word. Amen. He's coming immediately to steal the word. And James says, if you talk one way, and I'm paraphrasing, in church, but talk another way at home, you're double-minded. And if you're double-minded, you can't expect to receive anything from God. Wow. That's how serious it is. I don't know about you, but I want to, I want to be able to expect to receive everything God says is mine. Amen. But if I'm talking one way in church and talking one way around other believers, and then I get in another environment, I'm talking another way. You know, you, you can talk faith talk. You know, faith people have their own lingo. <laughs> I agree, brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you may not hear that at work. Yeah, come on, preacher. Not everybody where you work knows what you know and has heard what you've heard. Yeah. Amen. So they may not they may not understand your faith lingo. <laughs> but you hold fast to it regardless. If you want God's best, can you say amen? amen? The message translation says of Hebrews 10, 23, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. Keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. When everything around us is changing as rapidly as it's changing today in our world, we can rest assured that the word of God will never change. Hallelujah. That's comforting to me. I don't know about you. But in the world that we live in today, with everything changing as rapidly as it is, we can rest assured that the Word of God will never change. First Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, from the English Standard Version. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. Now, I want you to listen to this. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And let's begin in verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. The message translation says, don't suppress the spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible, check out everything, or in other words, make sure it lines up with the word of God and keep only that which is good. Amen. So notice here, don't suppress the Holy Spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the Master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God 
and then keep only what's good. Say that with me. Keep only what's good. Now, let me ask you a question. Does abundant overflow line up with the Word of God? You're sure. You have scripture to back it. Okay. Then, apparently it's good and you need to hold fast to it. Don't let go of it. One of the ways that you do this, holding fast to it, is by decreeing it continually. Decreeing it continually. Speaking what God says continually has awesome power. Jeremiah twenty three twenty eight says, Let them that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Speak my word faithfully. Faithfully here means steadfastly, marked by resolution or firmness, refusing to back down. When you speak the word faithfully, then that means you're speaking the word continually, consistently, regardless of what's happening around you. And then you can expect positive things to happen in your life. Is everybody with me? Now, we've been talking about since October. The word of the Lord that was given to me regarding 2021. And it was a year of abundant overflow. And as I do every year, I encourage you to hold fast to it. And and don't let it slip. And decree it as often as possible. That's important. Just saying it one time is not enough. I'm going to try on this side of the auditorium. <laughs> Just saying it one time is not enough. Amen. Did you ever notice in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospels, where Jesus says, and again I say unto thee? Yes. Have you ever wondered how many times he'd said it before? Mm-hmm. And again I say unto thee? And again I say unto thee? And you remember one of his followers was a man named Philip. And if you read the book of John, particularly chapters 12 through about 17, Jesus talked about his relationship with his father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I and the father are one. It's the father in me. He doeth the works. And then when he got through this great teaching, Philip said, show us the father. <laughs> Went right over his head. And, and Jesus actually said, Philip, how long am I going to have to be with you? And there are Philips in church all over the world. Not like our Philip. <laughs> okay. But there are Philips in the church where they hear it and it just goes right over their head. Jesus said to him, how many times am I going to have to say this? So when Jesus says, again, I say unto thee, Makes me wonder how many times had he already said it before. Now, it's important that we decree what God is saying continually. Continually. Everybody say continually. Not just one time, but talk it all the time. Now, in Job chapter 22, 
and verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Thou shalt also decree, or to speak. Actually, the word decree means to speak with authority. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Uh, one of the one of the meanings of the word established, particularly from the literal Hebrew, is if you say it enough, if you decree it enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence in your life. Hallelujah. If you talk it enough. Now, if you just walk out here and say, uh, I'm believing for abundant overflow. And we never hear that come out of your mouth again until maybe next Sunday. You're the one postponing that manifestation. Not God. Why? Because you're not speaking it continually. If you speak it enough, then eventually it becomes a common occurrence in your life. I love that, praise God. I want abundant overflow becoming a common occurrence. I don't want it to be a rare thing. Amen? Anybody else want it to be a common occurrence? Hallelujah. Now, the Amplified Bible says it this way. You shall decide and decree a thing. Deciding and decree. In other words, you have to decide, first of all, that is what God wants you to have. It's what God wants you to experience. You know, decision comes before action. You have to decide to eat properly. You have to decide to exercise. You have to decide uh, that you're not going in debt anymore. Everything begins with a decision. Amen. It begins with a decision. You have to decide to begin speaking and decreeing what God says continually. If you don't make that decision, it's not likely that you will be consistent in it. You may say it occasionally, but you have to decide, I'm going to talk what God says every day of my life and throughout the day. Decide and decree. Amen. You know, I may get in trouble for saying this, but what's new? <laughs> Not too long ago, there came up on my phone something from Starbucks that said, now, I was, I was a faithful, loyal Starbucks coffee drinker. I'm talking about, I like their, well, it wasn't the best coffee I've ever had, but it was the only thing available. And you could get to them quicker, especially from here, from Crowley. You know, there's Starbucks, several around here, one in Crowley. There's one out on McCart. There's another one, you know, nearby. And, and a lot of us from the staff would go there in the mornings and, and have a cappuccino or a, a latte or something. I really don't just like straight coffee. But I really didn't care for Starbucks as much as some other brands I've had because I always thought it was bitter. 
That's just my opinion, okay? But it was the only thing available. I even had the Starbucks cards. Somebody told me, put it on your phone. And you can just you can just have them, you know, break that thing across it and it'll take it from your account. And I never did that, but I did have the card. And people were always sending me Starbucks gift cards. Not only that, but at, there was a time when Chariots of Light, every tour we did, we had 13 commandments. The original 10, <laughs> and then we added, thou shalt not pass a Starbucks. Thou shalt not pass a Dairy Queen. <laughs> okay. Isn't that right, Kenny? That was, that was part of the tour. Every, every tour we did, every morning, We'd go to Starbucks. In fact, if, if Bill Horn, who was our director, still is, if he happened to pass a Starbucks in the morning, he, he overlooked, he didn't see it. The next stop we made, if it was a gas station or something, I made Bill get down on his knees and ask for forgiveness. <laughs> and I'd say, I pardon you. So it was part of our church light. Okay. But then I got this thing on the phone, and it said, from Starbucks, if you believe in traditional marriage, don't buy our coffee. I said, that's done. I'm done with them. That's it. I'll never stop at Starbucks again. And I told on the last tour that we did as Chariots Light, I said, guys, you do whatever you want to, but I'm not stopping at, Chariots, uh, I'm not stopping at Starbucks anymore. I mean, they've come up with some things over a period of time that I didn't agree with, but I never got this firm about it. And when they said, if you believe in traditional marriage, don't buy our coffee. I said, consider me done. I'm done. Amen. And that's been, uh, I don't know, several, been several months ago now. I've never been to another one. However, I was tempted. Why? Because it's the only thing available. They're tried to, they tried, somebody tried to open up a specialty coffee shop in Crowley on Main Street years ago. People in Crowley are not going to spend five bucks for a specialty coffee. They'll go to McDonald's and get it for 20 cents. And that shop didn't last very long. And, and when I come in the office, you know, sometimes I say, guys, let's go get a cappuccino. And the nearest place is Starbucks. You know, I don't have time to waste. And yet we had to drive all the way down to Panera Bread on Hewlin and 820. That's ridiculous to have to go that far for a cup of coffee. And we passed three Starbucks. I felt it pulling on me, Kenny. I felt it pulling on me, you know, like I'd hook, you know. But no, I made a decision. I made a decision. I decided. And I'm not going to compromise it. Amen. You have to be that firm about decreeing the Word of God. That's right. 
I am, I have decided today that I am going to decree the word of God, the promise of God, the prophetic word from God continually. And I'm not backing down. Amen. I'm not backing down. You got to be that firm. Hallelujah. And so now I bought my own cappuccino machine. I don't know how to use it, but I got one. (laughs) Somebody's going to have to teach me how to use it. (laughs) But I'm not going to Starbucks. You can do whatever you want to do, but I'm just talking about my decision. Amen. There's just certain things where you draw the line. Amen. All right, now. Thou shalt decree and decide a thing. In other words, you make it known. That you have determined that abundant overflow belongs to you and you refuse to back off of it. How many of you really want abundant overflow? Then don't be afraid to speak it out. Talk it all the time. I'm sure that you remember uh, one of the greatest lessons and we read it there in Mark chapter 4 on the subject of faith. And once again, Jesus said, Once the word is sown, Satan comes immediately. Once you make a decision, Satan comes immediately. Did you ever notice when you decided to surrender your life to the Lord, Satan was doing everything he could probably possibly do to pull you back into the world. Pull you back into that old lifestyle. But if you truly made a decision that I'm making an about face, I'm not going to live that way anymore. Then he could, he could try all he wanted. He could tempt you all he wanted, but it didn't phase you. You wouldn't budge. You gotta be that way where the word is concerned that I'm not gonna budge from this. I'm not gonna let go of it. Hallelujah. You say, well, I've never been quite that disciplined. You can get that way. I wasn't that disciplined before either, but I found out I was missing a whole, missing out on a whole lot. By not being that disciplined. And I'm not going to miss out on anything God says anymore. Praise God. Now, Romans chapter 4 verse 17. The Bible says that God calleth things which be not as though they were. He calleth things that be not as though they were. I heard Eric this morning talking about the fact that... uh, you know, we need to, we need to bring it into the now. That it's not going to be better someday. It's better now. Amen. The best is not yet to come. It's here now. Faith is now. And that's re, that's why you need to be speaking. I have abundant overflow now. Calling things that be not as though they were. That's what is, is, is referred to as the God kind of faith. Notice God called Abraham, changed his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning the father of faith. And he was calling him the father of faith when Sarah was still unable to conceive. But every time God called Abraham, Abraham, he was saying father of faith. I need to talk to you. 
Father of a mighty nation, I need to talk to you. Father of a mighty nation, I'm going to bless you. Notice, God was treating Abraham as though he was already a father. You say, well, I don't want to go around saying, I have abundant overflow now. I'd be lying. Not if you truly believe it in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth, decree it, then you're calling things that be not as though they were. Can you say amen? Amen. This is how God releases his faith. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. Notice he said it first when it was still dark. Darkness was up on the face of the deep. But God said, and the little Hebrew says it this way, God said, light be. And light was. Amen. He called it things that be not as though they were. Now, the Amplified says that he calls things which be not as though they already existed. As though they already existed. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, I've quoted it, but I want to repeat it. Paul said, I believe, therefore do I speak. I believe, and therefore do I speak. The message translation says, we're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. We say what we believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not keeping this quiet. Not on your life. I say what I believe. Now, I'm taking the time to to share this with you. And I know many of you already know these principles. But I I can't assume that everybody in here knows them. Or everybody that's watching knows them. So it's very important sometimes to go back over the basics. This this is faith 101. This is the first things I learned. Amen. 1969. First message I ever heard Kenneth Copeland pray. This is what he's talking about. First message I heard Kenneth Hagin pray. This is what he's talking about. Amen. Just the basics. And so many people today don't know the basics. So it's important to go over them from time to time. Now, let's look at the Amplified Version and once again, for Job twenty two twenty eight, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the word established here from just a common dictionary, Webster Dictionary, means to fix firmly. And it also means, I thought this was interesting, it also used the word ordained. To establish means to fix firmly or to ordain. And the word ordain means appointed. You know, I'm ordained a minister of the gospel. I'm an ordained minister, which means I've been appointed by God to preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. Now, how does this fit into what Job is talking about here? Thou shalt decree and, or decide and decree a thing and it shall be established. So let's, let's inject those definitions for the word established. 
It shall be fixed firmly, ordained, appointed. Now, what I'm seeing in this is this. If I do what the Bible tells me to do here in Job twenty-two twenty-eight, decide and decree, then God is going to see to it that I have an appointment with abundant overflow. Hallelujah. I like that. You know, you set up appointments. And uh, if you're a person of your word, you know, you, you, you tell the person, I'm going to, I want to meet with you about one o'clock on Tuesday. Then if you're a person of your word, then you do it. And if something uh, comes up that prevents you from doing it, don't just ignore it and don't say anything to the person you made the appointment with. No, the least you can do is call them and say, I need to change that till three o'clock on Tuesday. Or I need to change that to five o'clock on Wednesday. Don't just leave them hanging. Amen. God says, if you will decide and decree a thing, decree his word, decree his promises, decree the prophetic word, then he will arrange for an appointment with you and what you're decreeing. And what am I decreeing? I'm decreeing abundant overflow. And I now have an appointment with abundant overflow. And I'm not going to cancel that appointment. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you want an appointment with abundant overflow? Hallelujah. Now, the word appointed means this. To be equipped or furnished with things necessary. Now, remember we got all this from established, ordained, appointed. And then appointed means to be equipped with things that are necessary. As an ordained minister, God has equipped me with certain graces, endowments, endowments, gifts, anointings. It comes with my office. It comes with the office that I function in. When we are deciding and decreeing that we will have what God says we can have, then it will not only be established unto us, and if we talk it enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence, but we have an appointment with it, and an appointment with it means that it will be furnished to you. It's part of your life. It's part of what God wants you to experience in your life. Is this all making sense to you? I'm the kind of person where I like to break things down. You know, uh, when I was just a a boy, my dad worked on automobiles. He did paint and body work. He did restoration. He, he He could overhaul engines. He could build faster engine. What my dad didn't know about all this, they hadn't invented yet. And as a little boy, I wanted him to teach me because I, I, I craved to know 
what he knew and be able to do what he did. And, and you know, like just like a kid, he'd say, now the first thing you do, son, I'd say, why? And then he'd say, now do that, why? I was always, I always had a why. Don't look at me so funny, you have whys. <laughs> why, why, why do we do it that way, daddy? In other words, I want him to break it down. I remember, nah, I better not tell this. Well, I'm going to anyway. It'll get back to him. Brother Copeland's mother told me years ago, I could not keep anything in Kenneth's room when he was a little boy, like a clock, a radio. The next morning when I'd get up, wake him up, get him ready to go to school, I'd walk in and it'd be in a hundred pieces. He took it apart and wanted to see what made it work. She said, but the problem was he never put it back together. <laughs> and just be in pieces. You know? <laughs> and when I went to work with him, he called me one day and he said, Jerry, I want you to meet me at the office this this evening. And uh, we're going to take that amplifier. Somebody had given us an amplifier. And we're going to take that amplifier and we're going to break it down. <laughs> and, you know, see why it works like this and why it doesn't do what something else. So we sat in the floor in the office, took the back off that amplifier, took all the pieces out and put them over here and put them over here. And he labeled them. <laughs> and then when he discovered he didn't have a clue what he was doing, <laughs> he said, I got to go home, put that back together. I called Carolyn. I said, I won't be home tonight. <laughs> One time, there was a, somebody blessed the ministry with a, with a copier. You know, a copier. And for some reason, it wasn't working. Billy Coleman said, Jerry, let's, let's take that copier apart and see why it's not working. I said, I'll be right back, Brother Copeland. I called Carol. I won't be home tonight either. You know? <laughs> and so we took that copy. I've never, I've never worked on a copier in my life. I work on cars. We took it apart. We don't have a clue what we're looking for. We don't know why it's not working right. And eventually he said, I got to go home. Put that thing back together. I didn't know what I was doing. I just started putting pieces together and put it back in there. And I turned it on and it worked perfectly, but I had parts left over. <laughs> the next morning when Brother Colby come in, he said, did you ever get that thing working? I said, yeah, it works perfectly. He said, what are all them parts? I said, I found out the manufacturer put too many parts in it. <laughs> I 
like breaking things down, okay? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to just know that it works. I want to know why it works. Amen. That's the reason why I'm a stickler for definitions. You know what that means? I want to know, what does it mean? I, I don't just read, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. And you can go on to the next verse. No, I want to, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does establish mean? And I just keep dissecting it, dissecting it, dissecting it until I've got a firm grip on what I can expect if I decree the word. Amen. So you, if you will continually decree abundant overflow, then God's going to arrange for you to have an an appointment with abundant overflow. Praise God. Give him a shout if you believe it. Praise God. Amen. Now, let me wrap it up with this. If you read the Amplified Version for Job twenty-two twenty-eight, it doesn't end there. I want to read the rest of it. Let me read the first part first and then the rest of it. You shall decide and decree a thing and it shall be established unto you and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Oh, man, now we're really getting into my territory. I like anything that produces favor. I'm the favor man. Hallelujah. Notice, if I decree the word enough, not only will it be established unto me, but it releases the favor of God. And what does the favor of God do? It creates opportunities for you to experience abundant increase, abundant overflow. Amen. So it's not only important that you decree it so that it will be established, but as you're decreeing it, then the favor of God is released in your behalf and it's going out there and creating opportunities to make it happen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I knew favored getting this sermon somewhere. Praise God. Amen. I love walking in the favor of God. Now say with me the word continually. Man, where did I stop with all this? Let me give you some synonyms for the word continually. Again and again, consistently, constantly, frequently, often, over and over, repeatedly. Again and again, consistently, constantly, frequently, often, over and over, and repeatedly. That's how we are to decree a thing, continually. Now, let me give you some closing scriptures here that will establish the fact that God wants you to experience abundant overflow. In Psalm 21... Verses 3 and 4 from the Passion Translation. Rich blessings overflow with every encounter with you. Talking to God. Rich blessings overflow with every encounter with you. The days of this blessing stretch on and on, one coming after another forever. 
Psalm 23, 5. My cup runneth over, the King James says. The message translation says, my cup brims with blessing. Brims implies overflows. Psalm 28, 11 from the Amplified. The Lord shall make you to have a surplus of prosperity. And surplus, once again, means more than enough, overflowing, having excess. Deuteronomy 28, 13 from the message, God will lavish you with good things. Lavish implies to bestow upon profusely and extravagantly. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 from the Passion Translation. Glorify God, honoring Him with your very best. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. And then finally, Psalm 21, verse 5 from the message. You will fill His arms with gifts. I like to call it armloads of blessings. In verse 6, you pile blessings on him. And another word for pile is heap. One dictionary defines heap as stacked up until it's overflowing. Hallelujah. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm going to the word to make sure that what I'm decreeing continually lines up with his word. And once I see that it lines up with his word, then I have every right to expect God to bring it to pass in my life. Can you say amen? amen. You received that this morning? Now, let me, let me uh, share something with you, a word I received from the Holy Spirit here a few days ago. When sin abounds, my grace does much more. And my spirit will be poured out like never before. So don't be moved by all that you see. I'm ready to take you into greater victory. It's not over, as some would say. I'm still in charge and I'll have my way. Stay close to me and get in my presence as often as you can. Stay in faith and take your stand. I assure you, you're headed for better days. You can count on this and I'll make a way. It's always the darkest before the breakthrough comes, but I've already planned for every battle to be won. Hold fast to my word and refuse to be moved. You will overcome and you will not lose. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank God for that. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Now, Jerry Ann shared with me a verse just before coming up. And Jerry, I want you to bring that uh, from the Passion Translation. And notice, uh, just before we receive our morning tithes and offerings, that in this verse, and you're familiar with it from the King James, it talks about give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But listen to how the Passion Translation reads. You'll notice two specific words in there. It says, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Here's the part. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. 
I saw those two words, abundant and overflowing. Amen. Yeah. So that, once again, confirms, and we're giving you the word out of the mouth of at least two or three witnesses, like the Bible says, that abundant overflow is the will of God for your life. Amen. Abundant overflow. So decree it continually. Never stop sowing because sowing opens the door to abundant overflow just like decreeing it does. Hallelujah. You received that this morning? All right. Give the Lord a good shout of praise. Amen.